a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 107 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I thank you for giving me some of your time today, and I hope this episode finds you well. Today, we're discussing some plant-related phrases. I have no ado for today, so let's get growing and get to the root of today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up today is pushing up daisies, which means to be dead. Daisies are seen in graveyards a lot, especially back in old-timey times, when bodies weren't exactly buried in well-sealed coffins. Daisies grow well with little care, especially when the soil is full of nutrients. And, well, a graveyard without properly sealed coffins would lead to nutrient-rich soil. The fact that daisies were often seen growing wild in graveyards is part of what led to the saying. In 1769, the Scottish poet James Macpherson published some poems that were said to have been written by a Celtic man named Ocean. In one of these poems, we find the following, quote, A woman named Malvinia, who was mourning the death of her baby, was consoled by the maidens of King Morvan. Malvinia was told that her child had turned into a flower with a golden disc surrounded by silvery petals. End quote. While this doesn't explicitly mention daisies, it's easy to imagine that he was talking about them, as they are known for their vibrant yellow center and white petals, which could certainly look somewhat silver, especially if they have water droplets on them. As for the exact phrase, it seems to have first been written down in a letter written by British Lieutenant W.H. Roy of the 6th Battalion Worcestershire Regiment. He wrote it from a hospital in France on May 21st of 1915 and included, quote, I suppose in this sphere of life there are only two eventualities, really. After a time, it's got to come that you either push up the daisies and enrich the soil a bit, or else you lie still and hold up a few bedclothes for a space of time, depending on the circumstances. End quote. Let's move on now to a much more peaceful saying. To hold out an olive branch means to offer a symbol of peace. These days, a physical token of peace isn't needed. The phrase itself has in a way become the offer of peace. Olive branches have been symbols of peace since way back in old-timey times. In the Bible, after the Great Flood, olive plants helped Noah find out that the turmoil of the storms was over, and peace was returning to the land. In the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 11, we find this, And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, 
in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off, so Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. Now, we aren't talking about a whole branch here, sure, but a dove is kind of small, so a leaf is sufficient to be part of the history of this saying. The ancient Greeks and Romans are where the branch really comes into play. In these old-timey times civilizations, when defeated in a war, the surrendering party would hold up an olive branch to indicate they wanted peace. It is thought that the olive branch was seen as peaceful because it grows slowly, and during times of war, they were not cultivated. Therefore, they were considered peacetime plants, and peaceful in general. Between the years of 29 and 19 BC, Roman poet Virgil wrote the Aeneid, which was a 12-part poem about Aeneas and his experiences after the fall of Troy. In it, he included, quote, High on the stern Aeneas his stand, and held a branch of olive in his hand. While thus he spoke, the Figarians' arms you see, expelled from Troy, provoked in Italy, by Latin foes with war unjustly made, at first affianced and at last betrayed. This message bear the Trojans and their chief, bring holy peace, and beg the king's relief. End quote. So, from ending floods to ending wars, the olive branch has long played a part in ending conflict. Now, let's head to the forest. If you can't see the forest for the trees, then it means you miss the big picture by getting caught up in the details. The origin of this one is pretty much unknown, but I learned something interesting about it, so I wanted to share it with you anyway. First, what we do know is that this proverb was in use prior to 1546. We know this thanks to the often referenced on the show proverb compiler John Haywood. He included it that year in the long-titled and also often mentioned on the show, a dialogue containing the number and effect of all the proverbs in the English tongue. It was worded a little bit differently, but he wrote, quote, an old sage saw, itch and ease, can no man please. Plenty is no dainty, ye see not your own ease. I see ye cannot see the wood for trees. End quote. Now, in this version, and in the modern day one, it might sound odd to use the word for in this saying. I personally always thought it did sound a little weird grammatically, but I never questioned it because it was how I'd always heard the saying. However, if we look at the old-timey times way of speaking, this word choice makes much more sense. Back then, they used for in this way to mean because of or on account of, according to the online etymology dictionary. Therefore, this saying could also be said as, you can't see the forest because of the trees. And that, at least for me, provides a whole new layer of understanding for the saying. If you're so focused on all the details, or the trees, you will have trouble seeing the big picture, or the forest. I always understood that that's what it meant, but hearing it explained as it is because of the object of your focus that your focus is limited, I don't know, it just made something click in my brain about the saying. Maybe I'm overstating the obvious here, but I personally was fascinated by this new knowledge of why it is not actually grammatically incorrect, 
to use the word for in this saying. And while I don't plan to start saying you can't see the forest because of the trees, knowing that that's the background of the saying makes it make more sense. Again, at least to me. Alright, I think I've gone on about this enough, so now it's time for today's familiar quotation. Topper's today's familiar quotation is from George Orwell. Quote, The planting of a tree, especially one of the long-living hardwood trees, is a gift which you can make to posterity at almost no cost, and with almost no trouble. And if the tree takes root, it will far outlive the visible effect of any of your other actions, good or evil. End quote. Thank you, Mr. Orwell, for giving us today's Familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words Love Advice from Old Timey Times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't keep your sweetest smiles and your best manners for outsiders. Let your husband come first. And now for the men. Don't put on too much of the Lord of Creation air. It will only make you look ridiculous. Alright toppers, that's going to do it for episode 107. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. Also, check out the show notes for links to the Podfix network and to my merch store. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Last but not least, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, I hope things grow well for you. Toodaloo! And now... This is... Let me rephrase. The fact that grazies grow... That were said to have been written by... 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 Malvinia... Malvina... I don't remember... I said it. And it and in and in <laughs> Noah find out that the turmoil turmoil <laughs> This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.